Welcome to the Purse Strings Podcast. Purse Strings supports women to live a bold, financially conscious lifestyle. You know how we women are taught to take care of our own finances. Well, Purse Strings gives you the tools and resources to help you make the smart financial decisions so you can feel secure with your own financial independence. Blame the bias on men handling the money or the gender pay gap. The result is real, ladies. Many women find themselves without the knowledge or skill to be financially independent. Well, Purse Strings is out to change all that. At Purse Strings, we want you to have options, feel secure, and have a good grip on your financial future. Here are real stories from real women asking real questions about their financial future. Take a listen and learn because you're in charge now. Today, I'd like to welcome Ellen. Um, Ellen's story uh, is one that she'll share with us, but just an overview is that at 51 years old, Ellen suddenly and unexpectedly lost her husband. So just like anyone who's lost a loved one, you know, her life was changed forever. And she was a mother of four children. She's mother of four children. um, And their ages were from 16 through 21 at the time. Uh, She's a business owner as well. So she found herself in charge of everything. And today we're going to talk with Ellen and hear her experience about the impacts this situation put on her financial future. So thank you, Ellen, for joining us. And um, Ellen, I just thought just to start the conversation, if you could share just a short synopsis of what happened on that day that you lost Wes. Sure. So it was the day after Christmas and the kids, the boys and Wes were out playing football with neighborhood friends and Wes experienced a massive heart attack, absolutely came out of nowhere. And I didn't realize at the time that it was probably shock that I was, how I, how I coped over the, probably the last, the following six months. It was because I was in shock. It just seemed like I went Mm -hmm. day to day and just took care of what we had to Virginia, our oldest, who's 23. I, so my children were 16 to 23 and therefore within those ages. <laughs> so Virginia was in, I apologize. I don't, don't know if I should use names, but my oldest, my daughter was in France at the time visiting a friend oh. and it just, it, it was an experience you don't know how you're going to, you, you would never know how to plan for something yeah. like this. Yeah. So you can't plan for it. You, you can't plan for it at the time. You have to be planning your whole life exactly. <laughs> in a sense, your experiences. Exactly. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't even imagine something like that happen. I'm sure a million different things were running through your head. Um, but when things, um, as days progressed, what kind of financial impacts or decisions did you have to start making right away on your own? Initially, I had to plan the funeral. Mm-hmm. And who do you go for for that? What do you do? Where does the money come from? 
those decisions be made so quickly that if we hadn't planned from the time we were married for our retirement, I, it would have, I don't know what I would have done. I would have borrowed, begged, whatever, to make sure that that experience and his funeral and the, the, the care and comfort of the children were, were done at the, the highest right. level because his life, I felt that would, would be the way that we could honor him. How do we say, how do we end this relationship in a sense? And I have to admit, Wes was, he lost his mother at five. Oh. And what his family went through with her sudden loss, which was a heart attack as well, made him know he would always be prepared. He would always make sure his family was taken care of and didn't have to go what he went through when, when his mother died. Oh, so that was a big impact on how he lived his life from planning for financial. So tell me, um, what kind of planning did you do? Did you start when you got married or how, how did you work on planning together for your financial life together? So from the very beginning, he and I did the finances together. Mm -hmm. So I knew, I knew where the money was com coming from. And over time, I then paid all the bills and that gave me a sense of control and status, um, feeling that I knew where we were financially. Mm -hmm. And so I, my mom did the same and it, and she, and their, their marriage, my parents' marriage was very traditional but in the sense that she was actually paying the bills and understanding where the family was financially mm -hmm. gave her that comfort as well. Mm -hmm. And so I learned from her, I like control. So that helped. Once we started having children after our first was born, Wes insisted we have a insurance policy for them. And something that his family didn't have was any insurance policies when his mom died. A family, a stay-at-home mom is often seen as not bringing money into the relationship, into the family, so that if they die, oh, there's no reason that you would need life insurance because you're not replacing a salary. Right. But our, what our financial planner shared with us and his philosophy is that indeed, while the woman does take a paycheck to account for what she does for the family with caregiving and so forth, mm -hmm. that would have that money to have the children in childcare or schooling or whatever has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so very early on, I, we got a, a, an insurance policy for me once the children were born and we got one for each of the children. There's debate. Is that necessary? It, it made my late husband feel better mm -hmm. 
I didn't, I don't mind that. And now it's something we can then pass on to them mm-hmm. as they get, they get married and so forth. So we planned from the very beginning, just on the way that we, we worked together on finances, we worked together to secure retirement accounts, insurance policies, and mm-hmm. so forth. Wonderful. So it sounds like you were on the same page with him from the very beginning in terms of life insurance, the importance of that, and uh, working together for your, for your finances. Um, so what was difficult for you now that you found yourself uh, alone without him in terms of a financial standpoint? Did you, sounds like you had a good hold on making financial decisions. You weren't starting from the beginning. You were always part of the decision-making process. Was there anything that was difficult from you at that standpoint where you were now on your own? I was making the decisions on my own from that point. And I didn't, I didn't have Wes to bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. It was, so I had to, I had to make a decision and live with the consequences. Mm -hmm. I did find that over time that I was, the decisions I was making worked and were, were the right decisions but it didn't take the the fear it still didn't take the fear away from feeling as a as a, a a business owner that one wrong decision could make such an impact for me so i didn't have someone at my side saying go for it mm-hmm. it was just it was just by myself i had to have confidence in what i was doing and hope for the best. Great. Yes. Because you were also a business owner and in partnership with your husband on this business, right? Correct. Yeah. So not only family financial decisions, but also business financial decisions as well. Right. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any financial resource people helping you a financial advisor or planner during this time? I did. I had, so I'm going to go back a little bit. We opened a preschool back in 2000. We opened our doors in at the end of 2009. Mm-hmm. We had purchased property, started the construction process and everything in the summer of 2008 when the market crashed. Oh. And we were so far into it, there was we couldn't we couldn't back out. Right. And so I feel like that gave me a little bit of to keep mm-hmm. going no matter what happened because it, we just had to follow through with the plans that we mm-hmm. had made. Our financial planner had been working with us all mm-hmm. along and helping us to set up uh, term insurance because in the event something happens within the first 10 to 20 years of, of operation of the school, we would have something to fall back on Mm -hmm. we'd have term insurance so much more expensive but in the time frame that we needed it we felt that that was really going to give us some some comfort in in the event something happened which it did you had a good financial planner giving you some really good advice 
Exactly. I, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did without it. We always found it very interesting to, to really invest in the plans for our future and use, use the rest of the money for our Mm -hmm. living. So it was the, the philosophy of pay yourself first or what I, I don't even remember the term, but save, save, save a, put it into your 401k mm-hmm. first because you never realize you don't mm-hmm. have it once you get your mm-hmm. paycheck. And we lived by that and that, that really ha- helped us to, to build up our, our retirement. Wonderful. Wow. Um, so you didn't find yourself in any point of financial desperation, even though this tragedy happened in your life, because you were well planned for it in the event this would happen. Yes. And yes. both from a family financial standpoint and from a business financial standpoint. Correct. Wow. That's, that's, an, yeah. that's an amazing story. Really, really great. Um, and are you still yeah. working with a financial planner, financial advisor? I am. I, I stuck with him. I, I felt that they brought us, he was, he was always there when the market had crashed, encouraging us to stick with it, stick with it, because he was seeing people pull out at the mm-hmm. bottom and never seeing the rise again. And it's very interesting how you, you have to really trust the person you're mm-hmm. working with because the confidence that he gave us that's that it's going to we're going to get out of this we don't know how long it's going to take but write it out mm-hmm. and boy we wrote it out and it allowed us to then for west to to be able to quit his job in banking which he had done since we graduated he graduated from college and come to work with mm-hmm. me. And so it became a family business and his passion was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. So see, it gave you the financial freedom to make those kinds of choices, which is great. So, um, Ellen, what advice would you have for women as they, um, go through their lifetime? It looks like you made some really smart moves. Um, anything that you wish you would have done differently or what kind of you know, what would you advice would you give to women um, in terms of what worked for you? I would say from the time that you you join in your union, your your relationship, your marriage, whatever it is, be partners in it, mm-hmm. and and trust your spouses or partners' fears as legitimate mm-hmm. and their, their wisdom as real because they're, I'm, it wasn't perfect. I, I've learned that being open and honest about your fears about money hmm. and open and honest about what you really think should be done is as legitimate, legitimate as the other mm-hmm. person's. And so I would say be confident in 
what you know and be confident in expressing what you don't know and plan from the very beginning. And if it's a little bit, if you can say, oh my gosh, Starbucks cost me $5 today, I'm going to commit to $5 a week to a retirement plan Mm -hmm. just to get me in the habit of it. I would say do it. We have, we have teachers in our school that we have a, a, a retirement plan. We want them to start young because it makes such a difference as they all get mm-hmm, older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, you've been through a lot of life experiences and where the financial impacts made huge difference either one way or the other. It sounds like you made some really smart decisions, great conversations um, with your spouse and honored, you know, what his thoughts and feelings were as well as what yours were and and you made good plans for your future. So commendable to you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And um, I want to thank you for sharing your story here. I know it's a very personal story. I know it's a story that other women have found themselves in. And I think um, your experience, your wisdom, what you shared here will be very powerful for women as they move into their lives and, and relationships and planning for their future. So Thank you, Ellen, for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you, Barb. And it's, what is this year? 2020? Hindsight is always 2020, right? right? You know, I can say this from this side Mm -hmm. of it. And in the thick of it, I might not have had the same opinion. But that's why it's it's always wonderful to have smart, experienced people around Mm -hmm. you. And you're one of them. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, Ellen. Mike, welcome to the Purse Strings podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Mike, Mike Gibbons is one of our Purse Strings approved providers. And Mike is founder of the Gibbons Financial Group. After 27 years of experience, both on the retail and wholesale side of the industry, Uh, Mike is an RICP designated professional and fiduciary. He spends a good deal of his day working with retirees. He has a focus and concentration on asset management, social security, and pension planning, as well as retirement income prep. So uh, Mike has really got a lot of talent and everything. And also, I don't want to forget long-term care, which is really, really important for women. Uh, Mike comes to us with degrees in both business and psychology from Lake Forest College, and he also holds his retirement income certified professional designation from the American College. So uh, Mike comes to us with a lot of experience, a wealth of knowledge, and I'm so glad, Mike, that you're here today to talk a little bit about what we heard in terms of Ellen's story. So welcome. Thank you, Barb. I appreciate you having me. Sure. And let's just recap Ellen. Uh, Ellen has a powerful story. Uh, She tragically lost her husband after he just went out to play a game of football with his boys and dropped dead of a massive heart attack. It was instant. And Ellen, she was only 51. She had four children ages between 16 and 23. And she was in business with her husband. They had a small business. Uh, So there were a lot of financial impacts and considerations 
uh, that Ellen needed to attend to at this very tragic time in her life. And we wanted to talk about your input, uh, Mike, about Ellen and how she was prepared uh, when this terrible event happened to her. So let me ask you this question, Mike. You need to be planning your whole life, as we well know. And um, Ellen and her husband did. They did do their finances together, and Ellen did pay the bills. So she really was insightful to the finances in her household. But it was interesting because what she said was her mother also paid the bills. So she found that kind of as a routine in her household, what she's observed. Um, And together, Ellen and her husband worked together on life insurance and retirement planning. What are your thoughts on that? Is that a typical situation that you see? So it was very unique in the way that Ellen's mom um, took the financial reins and responsibility, I think, given her generation. Um, It was probably more common for the male, the man of the house to run um, all the financials, truth be told. So Alan, I think, learned very on early on that um, sort of those financial stereotypes that we'd been, become accustomed to uh, really didn't apply. Um, her mom, apparently, and Ellen learned were their own best advocates for their own financial success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I think with that coupled with um, Wes's loss and, and, and the um, advent of having to sort of handle everything all on, all on her own, um, she did a remarkable job in, in light of the circumstances. Yeah, um, she really did. And I think part of that was in the fact that as soon as they had children, Wes and Ellen, um, they purchased life insurance because as you remember, Wes lost his own mother when he was a child, and that family did not have life insurance. So Wes, as a small child, and his experience through that, learned the importance of insuring the mother in the home as well as the father right from the very beginning. Do you see that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And, you know, it's sort of, it was one of those things, it appeared to me, that it was almost planning done in reverse. And, and to explain that a little bit, I think when I meet with clients, um, they are adamant about getting money put away in places that would ensure a proper retirement without perhaps a, a strong foundational base like life insurance. And so they almost reverse engineered the whole idea of financial planning in that they had established a really strong base of protection early on and through their life experience saw the need to do so. But what's interesting is that freedom up to be able to go ahead and invest money in places where they could plan for their retirement later. So they didn't, um, they, they were freed up to just be able to put money away, which was really interesting. I, I appreciated that, uh, that they saw the recognition and the need for life insurance early on. Yeah, and that's a couple that, you know, really needed it and they did, they did use it. Um, And then when Wes died, you know, Ellen thought, what do I do now? Like, how do I plan for a funeral? And she said it was so important to her that he was honored um, in a way that the family wanted to honor him and that her children were well taken care of. But there's so many questions if somebody dies, especially this young and unexpectedly Right. What, what do people do when they need to tap some funds for funeral expenses? 
Right, right. Well, and you know, it's a great, it's a great question. I mean, final expenses can be you know, devastating to a family, right? Um, a, you know, a primary income earner um, suddenly passes away, and then what is that that single partner left to do? As far as an overall planning standpoint, how are they going to pay final expenses? How are they going to pay down debt? How are they going to start put? How are they going to continue to save at an equivalent rate? or I should say the individual left behind, save an equivalent rate for future retirement expenses. It's a lot to take in. And so um, fortunately that they, they had a plan in place early on that allowed her to um, sit back, you know, take a breath and, um, and, and, and really continue along that, that trajectory, that path that they had started early on. But um, again, that just goes back to a, the beginning of our discussion and their ability to, uh, uh, you know, have that crystal ball, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and do some proper planning. But, um, you know, that that can be ab- absolutely devastating and not being able to prepare for final expenses. You know, I find that, um, I guess, fortunately, in, in the in the industries that I that I uh, help folks manage money and and do planning for, that they're fortunate in that. Um, they're able to secure a good amount of life insurance protection through their employer. Um, and, and also that risk might be mitigated a bit, a bit too by what they hold external to, to their employer. But, but for those that are not prepared to extract money to pay for those costs in the event of death, um, we're looking at taking money out of typically vehicles that have not yet been taxed. Mm-hmm. And the, the, uh, the, the net result is a significant tax bill often having to take money out for emergency type of situations or like we said, final costs. So um, again, kudos to them for their insight and foresight to do such planning. Right, because don't we see on Facebook a lot of GoFundMe pages when people either have final expenses or are very sick um, and the bills have just added up. I know I was so surprised Absolutely. at yeah. the cost of a funeral uh, for my parents when, as they passed on, um, it's thousands and thousands of dollars and everything costs from, you know, an obituary to all the preparation to the notices and the cards and all of that is, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. So it's, it's quite surprising, the cost. No, death and taxes, right? Um, and so, yeah. you know, and, and as somebody made the comment, you don't see funeral homes going out of business. Um, right. And, you know, <laughs> very sad, but true. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that is a, that is a reality. In fact, personal experience, I, I, I attended a, a, a service for, um, a guy I used to pal around with back in the day. He's, he's a, uh, I can say I'm youngish, <laughs> 54, 54. He passed away of a heart attack at 53 a few weeks back. And oh. talk about a GoFundMe um, page that was started. His wife had started a GoFundMe page um, on Facebook to cover college expenses for, um, for a, a child of theirs, or I guess an adult child, I guess, of theirs now. But he, um, he held some pretty significant jobs. I would imagine he was making a pretty significant income. But here again, the unexpected loss of his passing, his wife is now having to put uh, this GoFundMe request out on Facebook. And so, you know, that's 
that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. Um, so, um, you know, yeah. but, but again, back to Ellen and Wes, just, just wonderful planning. Wonderful. Yeah. Planning. And, and, you know, um, it's interesting, even if you do plan, um, I heard a story of a, a young boy who lost his dad and he said to his friend, you know, I know your dad's a financial planner and my mother got this big check from my dad passing away, big life insurance check. And um, she wanted to talk to somebody about what to do to it. So he came over and she's like, she had three children you know, grade school and high, one in high school and said, oh, I have this million dollar check. I'm thinking about building a house on the lake. Mm. And he said, you need to invest this money in your children and your children's education and yourself and you need to go get a job. Right. So right. thinking about, you know, that kind of money coming to you from a life insurance policy, it's a terrible way to get a windfall, but it's what it is, is it's really a way of taking care of yourself and your family for your future. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And, you know, to have that financial readiness or savvy, I guess, um, for, for lack of a better word, inheriting and taking on that sort of a responsibility of, of a windfall, a tax-free windfall of a half a million, a million dollars. Um, you know, I, I speak to folks who are at C-level executive jobs that don't know what to do with, with that amount of money, let alone the average layperson who who are, aren't dealing with um, you know with numbers on a regular basis. Um, that's a lot of um, planning. That is, yeah. involved. you know, there's an inclination there to say, well, well, boy. You know, I'm going to go get that house in the lake, or I'm going to go get that brand new sports car. Well, wait a minute. Let's pause. Let's sit back. Let's evaluate where we stand now and where we want to get to. And so right. a responsibility like that, and I think this this speaks again, um, you know, to, to Ellen and Wes's preparedness, but readiness and acceptance of a third party, which is a financial planner to provide them some guidance along the way and, and the ability to have that trusting ongoing relationship with a, with a partner um, who obviously puts the needs of their clients first, but you know, is aware of that this is a long-term situation here. We're not, we're not looking to go do a single transaction, buy a house, buy a boat, um, throw it all in one mutual fund. Let's do some proper planning. Around. Right the responsibility of, of, of getting that kind of windfall. So, um, you know, just yeah. comment. Well, and great point because uh, Wes and Ellen, they did work with a financial planner all throughout their lives. And when they bought their own business, um, they got some great advice to get a term policy is what she said, just um, to ensure each one of them in the event something happened uh, because they were taking on a large loan that they would be responsible for when they were purchasing a business. And they wanted to make sure that if something were to happen to either one of them, that they would be able to pay the loan as well. So um, I remember Ellen even thinking, wow, we, we might be overinsured. I mean, we might just have so much insurance right. that we're overinsured. And um, 
And Wes was saying to his financial planner, you know, do we have enough life insurance? So it was so important to them. Right. And right. it was so needed. And they, they got some really good financial advice from their financial planner and directed them in, down that path. So um, kudos to them and to him for really walking alongside them through their whole uh, life and really making those accommodations and changes as their life changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's sort of the, uh, you know, the double um, question there as well. I better, I better protect myself and my, and my partner in my, um, you know, my, my family arrangements, but I also better do so um, in my, in my business planning, if I'm a business owner. And so, you know, that's a difficult one, that key person life insurance. Um, you know, is there enough for me as the sole um, remaining business partner to take on all of the liabilities and, and then potential future income loss, right, as a result of that partnership. So, um, you know, the double-sided planning, which is so key in dealing with um, business people, is mm-hmm. are you insured enough on the business side, and then, and then there's there enough there on the family side as well. So, um, again, just you know, a wonderful partnership that they had with their financial planner who, um, you know, was really able to see the value in, um, in helping, helping guide their path, I guess, and, and form that long-term relationship. So it yeah. sounded to me like this planner was, was not out just to make a buck off of them. It right. sounded like they really had a strong partnership and it worked, it worked both ways. So. Right. And, um, Talking about partnerships, she also mentioned about, you know, the person that you marry, um, your your first and foremost partner, and how it's important to really trust your partner's fears and um, that they're legitimate uh, and and their wisdom as well as both parties really need to get out on the table what's important to them about money, investing, the future, and even if there's a disagreement, you really need to take the time to understand. And uh, like they did, brought in a, a professional to help them along the way as well. Do you see that? Uh, what kind of advice do you give to couples about how to really think about their money? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, I, I find myself more often now in the, in the position of um, – advocating for clients best interests over the long term meaning if i'm if i'm meeting with a new potential client um where it's it's made expressly clear that it's one individual in the family who takes again the financial reins and responsibility i impress upon the fact and the in the need to have at least both parties there in the interim um for reasons like wes and ellen's mm-hmm because you never know when that one party who didn't handle the finances will be left to make all of those financial decisions on their own. And, and for all that to be left to them um, with no experience and no prior conversation or education, to be left with all of that um, all at once and then be expected to make educated decisions when they've never met the financial planner that they've been working with or had limited dealings with them, it's a lot to take on. And so mm-hmm. I very much advocate for, for um, couples to, to make it 
a partnership situation. But, but as Ellen pointed out, to, to very much hear in respect where the other person's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very, very important, obviously, in situations where it is a partnership and you're, you're striving to save for the future and make all of those key decisions. But, but God forbid, you know, one is to be left in the lurch to m- make all those decisions alone. Um, are, you really, are you really acting in the best interest of your partner or spouse if you're excluding them from them, those decisions as far as their educational path toward financial success? And so that's why I, I tend to maybe push on <laughs> having both come in and see me at least initially and then on an ongoing basis, hey, look, if both don't have to show up, you know, three times a year, uh, two times a year, but perhaps once a year, so that the other person's not completely in the dark. And and I candidly, um, from that standpoint, I put all the work in. I don't want to lose the relationship um, if one person is to pass away because because I neglected the hearing the other individual. So, right. Yeah. And you bring up very good points. Um, and a big reason why I launched Purse Strings is because women were not prepared when they really needed to be, uh, whether it was divorce or death of a spouse. Right. Um, Ellen was only 51, yet the average age of a widow is 59. And um, many women are happy not to have to address financial concerns. Uh, but I say they put themselves in a very vulnerable situation if they don't understand about the money in their household. And at Purse Strings, we provide, as you know, online tools and resources and financial professionals such as you who are Purse Strings approved to help women make smart financial decisions and ongoing planning over their life. So um, at this point, I just want to say thank you, Mike, for being Purse Strings approved and for providing advice to us on the Purse Strings podcast and um, for helping women. It's my pleasure. I enjoy it. Any, anything I can do to help, I'm always here. Okay. Well, thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this information helped you or perhaps it made you think about someone who could use this information. Share this Purse Strings podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all PurseStringsCO, just like our website. Go to PurseStrings.co to find resources and Purse Strings approved professionals who are ready and able to help you with your financial journey. Speak with your money, ladies. Work only with professionals who are committed to being your partner on your financial journey.